0: Good afternoon and good evening, everybody. We are back for the final instalment of the preseason teams breakdown. Guys, I'm joined tonight by Foggy, Roscoe, Scoop, Cookie and Scotty. I'm sure I've got a couple of guys up my sleeve to bring up at different stages as well. Um, guys, there's plenty to chat about in, in all these teams and there's plenty of breaking news to deal with as well today. Um, Scotty, can you help me out with some of the breaking news today?
1: Ah uh, yeah, mate. Uh, Suwali is apparently training at left centre. Um, so that's some big news. He should get dual position if he starts there, which is unreal. Um, he is quite expensive. I think. I think he's around five fifty to six hundred. I think four ninety eight. No, um, oh, well, even better, four ninety eight. That's that's real handy. Um, he could be a serious pickup if he plays at center with extra base stats. Um, and then Sullivan uh, copped the hammy a uh, hamstring injury, which he's out for the next six weeks. So he's more than likely going to miss the trials, and um, that may say hello to Moses Mbuyi, who might be uh, in the halves now, partnering Benny Hunt. Um, Albert Kelly has been given a lifeline for the, to the Dolphins, um, which is qu- quite interesting. I think he's quality play. so I think that's a pretty good depth signing there. Um, and that's about it, Timmy. I don't think I don't think there's anything else, unless I've missed something. Did you get Jackson Paulo on the wing? Oh no, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Cook's favourite player, Jackson Paulo, who makes plenty of metres from the back, is
0: playing on the wing. Um, So, yeah, uh, Jackson Paulo looks like he'll get the wing spot there at the Roosters at this stage. Um, So plenty to talk about when we get to that team. Uh, Plenty to talk about the Dragons because with um, Sullivan out, it kind of changes their whole team and and there's plenty for us to – to focus on there when we get to that team. Um, Roscoe. Yeah, mate. Mate, let's start with the Sharks. So the obvious gun at Cronulla is uh, Nico Hines. Sure is. Now, we talked last night and in the pod about choosing between Nathan Cleary and Nico Hines. Give us a reason why you would choose Nico Mm. Hines over Nathan Cleary this year.
2: Well, I know a couple of people that are going both, but I guess the early buys with some of the, the obvious captains um, being Cleary and some Roosters players, you'd probably opt to go for a Sharks player. Nico's um, got a pretty easy start. Um, proven with the new rules and um, scoring system that he's uh, out now gone. M said so. So, mate, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Um, everyone's going to own him if he can repeat last year's performances, so I can't see any negatives uh, apart from his price tag.
0: Yeah, that's probably the biggest part. There's nearly a 100k difference between him and Cleary. Um, is how do you guys think you can do both of them? I know, as you mentioned, Roscoe, you're talking about um, some people out there running both. I think it's a bold strategy, um, not a bad strategy, but it does look pretty. Does look pretty tight to fit both those guys into your cap.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I know Paulie G. Um, he's going to do it. Uh, I, I would imagine. Uh, I haven't seen his team, but I would imagine if um, people like him would be perhaps saving in hooker, so they'd be using some um, mid-range um, bench options, um, yep, like yep. DPP options, and also going probably light at the back, with their
0: back three. Yeah, you'd have to think so, um, and it's good that something. There's plenty of options in that back. Um, Roscoe, what else is there in that shark side up there in gun territory?
2: There's not much else apart from like I do like um, Teague Wilton. He's um, he's a pretty pretty decent player. Um, we just don't know how the the edge is going to line up. Um, he might be one to watch for down the track. Um, and then, obviously, we always like talking about Jesse Ramian. Um, I think he's one of those players that, obviously, too too expensive to start. But um, we always end up talking about him during the year and saying,
0: oh, I wish I had him. Yeah, yeah. Um, bloody awesome. Um, There's normally a run at some point in and- yeah, that's true. That That's very true. Um, and there's normally some point in the year where there's this good run of teams and normally around origin when we start looking at Ramien and going, jeez, he's really tempting. So definitely one to keep in the back of your mind. Um, I want to go back to Teague Wilton there, Roscoe. Um, and Scoop, you might be able to jump in with some stats and stuff there for, for Teague, but Let's focus on on how you think T will go, Roscoe, and what you sort of need to see to have him in your starting team. Contract to you, too. Uh,
2: I think you want him playing 80 minutes, right, or close to it. Um, he's He's been proven, um, he's proven himself in the past that when he's playing big minutes, it means big points. Um, that's pretty straightforward. So the stats say it, um, but obviously you've got, a couple of key players on the bench, um, their former captain. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I we just have to wait and see how they, they roll out for round one. But I don't know what you boys are thinking as well with their edge formations. I just don't know what it's going to be at the moment. Um,
3: it's Wilton's contract here as well. So they've got quite a few on off contract. So whether that's... A... Bit of a ploy with the new coach well not you can't say new compared to other ones but um there's quite a few off contract this year so there'll be there's going to be some spots that are going to be fought for but like you said Wade graham sitting on the bench if, if teague's starting um and he hasn't been given the favor over wade graham yet so i guess it's my team list one right
2: yeah. Is is Wade Graham still an edge though? Like in, in, I know he is in fantasy, but in um in real life, um I just don't know. Like, are they better off just putting him at lock or in the middle somewhere? What do they do with and then? Are yeah, true. Moving him have the middle. Yeah. yeah, and then you got
1: Rudolph and Wade Ueli as well. Wade was actually playing a bit of middle last year. Yeah, so he, he, he started. So start, he started, eh? he started on. Yeah, he started on the edge and then moved into the middle and played maybe about fifty-five minutes and then I think he went off. So
2: not big minutes, but um, yeah, could be spent time in the middle instead of Teague. So yeah, one to watch.
0: Um, Scoot, what do you reckon? Um, what sort of what sort of thing is? Teague Wilton Price. that. Is he unders, overs? Where's he at yeah, price-wise? Right. And, what, and what do you think about starting with him in your fantasy side?
4: Starting, I probably don't think he's a go. I think, I think it's going to be an Adam Elliott situation last year where he sat on the bench, went down in price before he gets that actual starting role and balloons into a massive cow. I think uh, Graham will start on the edge and maybe... Play that 40 before doing like 10 in the middle or something. And Wilton won't get that 80 minutes roll, at least for a while. Uh, he is priced at what he scored last year, around that 37, 38 average. And when he did play second row for big minutes, he averaged just a fraction under 50. So if he gets cheaper than that, well, just all, all signs would point to a screaming buy if he did get that roll later on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know he's one that Presto is pretty keen on. If he ever gets an 80-minute role, I imagine Presto will have him straight back in his team. Um, outside of, of those guys, there's really not a lot going on. Um, any sort of thoughts, uh, Scotty, around Blake Braley? Ah. Um, oh.
1: If he ran a bit more, if he if he had a bit more of an attacking game, I think I think he would be worth a pickup. I actually do think this year, I think they've signed Michael Ennis this year um, as one of their coaches. So, or it, sorry, he's their pathways coach, but I'm pretty sure he's working with Brayley as well. So, um, you know, if Ennis has a really good effect on or coaches Brayley quite well. Brayley could. You know, turn into quite a good rugby league player, which would then turn into fantasy if he if he gets those attacking stats. So, um, yeah, he's probably one to one to watch. Um, see if he drops any money, and then maybe pick him up if he gets a little bit cheaper.
2: And um
1: one thing I noticed.
2: Oh, sorry, Russell. Okay. Oh, Sorry, I was just going to say. And if anything did happen to to Brayley, um, one to watch is that Jaden Beryl. Um, he's an absolute gun. Um, replacement hooker so he'd be a basement price cash cow yeah
3: and with Brayley as well something
2: <clears throat> yes at the um
3: at the midpoint of last year he started working on a bit of a kicking game as well kicking out a dummy half and that was something that saw a few extra points each week for Brayley. that is um where basically he was able to to get a bit a few kick meters. you don't you don't rely on them but it's just a nice little kick up but I don't think he's he's fitting into many other people's sides at the moment, but he's working on kind of aspects that are fantasy relevant as well. That not a whole lot of not a whole lot of hookers have much of a kicking game, um, but just having that early kick kind of gives them a bit of momentum on that kick chase, um, and that was something they started experimenting with near the end of last year. So whether or not that continues or not, I don't know, but we'll, we'll
0: see. Yeah, absolutely. So plenty to think about there with someone uh, with Blake Braley. Uh could be one that if you're looking to kind of go maybe just below that uh, gun, gun hooker and try and jag a, a pod in that sense, but would be very, very risky. Um, Cookie, mate, former South junior, Talakai. He had a very good year last year and, and plenty of us jumped on him when when the going was good and got off him, just after he started going terribly. Yeah, that, was a, on-
5: mi- that was a mistake I made last year when he got that hundred and I hopped on and then he did nothing for about five weeks and it was a waste of a trade that didn't really get me anywhere. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go near him at 600k. Maybe if he drops some money, he could be a pickup a bit later on in the season if he has a few quieter games. But, yeah, not one to start with.
3: They figured him out, right, because it just gives the ball to the big guy and he just got figured out. So after two weeks, the the plan was cooked and that's where he just dropped. But everyone jumped on then.
0: Do you think there's a world... um, Floggy, where um, Talakai is a bit more relevant this year. He's had a full preseason to train to be in the centres. Last year, he trained in the second row and, and in the middle, and then switched uh, to the centres after about round four, round five. Do you think that yeah. having that preseason of training in the centres will help Talakai though?
3: Oh, it'll definitely help. But like those games where he was really, really fantasy relevant, went mostly off tackle breaks. Um, and then offloads. So basically, he was he was racking up something close to you know ten ten fifteen points a run at one stage, uh, in that two week golden period. But then after that, everyone jumped on, um, and when he got the ball, they were just up in his face. So um, look, maybe if he, it, it, I think it'll just come down to who the opposition side is, and that's kind of not what you want to be doing when it comes to to picking, especially a center, Like, centers a really tricky spot to pick. So, like, for me, for example, I'm looking at starting with, with Manu, so it's it's kind of like a, a gun for the spot and you don't have to muck around with it. But if you're... Manu's not that far off Talakai, so you, you I think you're just better off either going or all or or broke. But why would you roll the dice at 600 for a center? Like There's so many other spots you could fill at 600. Um, or even Adam Elliott, for example, like that's a that's around the same price point, and he's in a, in a he's in the middle, in a spot that you know he's going to get points. Whereas as we saw with Talakai, just went the points just just nosedived basically. Um, so I think it'll help, but it's just not worth. He's, he's a draft player. Um, how he's priced at the moment?
0: Yeah, absolutely, um, Roscoe, mate. There's probably not a lot else to talk about in that shark side. I know Lachlan Miller's currently listed with the Sharks. We expect any day now that he'll be announced that he's heading to Newcastle or confirmed that he's heading to Newcastle. Um, Roscoe, is there anyone else we should be looking at from...
2: No, it's one of those teams that um, in the past couple of years, we've there's always been a cashy that you could um, pick up. But at the moment, no, mate, no. Moving on.
0: All right, let's do it. Let's go to the Dragons. Scotty, uh, why would we go with someone like Ben Hunt?
1: I wouldn't. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. the Dragons are in some trouble now. You know, Sullivan got injured today out for six weeks. He's 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 a weapon of a player. It's unfortunate because he finally got an opportunity. Benny Hunt, look, he's gonna have to do everything now. I suspect Moses and by will have to play that six role now. Or maybe even Jack Bird might play six in that yeah, he yeah, Jack Bird might play six now, which is quite interesting. So um I think you got Sloan at the back which people are looking at. Um, he's currently in my side. He's quite cheap for a fullback um and then I don't really think there's much else to be honest.
0: The thing with um the thing with the dragons at the moment is that they have that buy in round one cookie from a strategy perspective, what would you do around players? From the Dragons for round one, would you pick them, or do you run the like? Do you run the gauntlet and hope that they are in the team round two? What's your sort of plan with Dragons players this year?
5: If I was picking a Dragons player, I wouldn't pick more than one, um, personally, just because I think it's too risky. Um, to if you carry two and then one of them or both of them aren't actually named for round two, then you're already, you know, going to have to make wasted trade. Personally, if he looks good in the trials, with Cody Ramsey being out injured, um, you know he's got some health condition. He's quite unwell, Cody Ramsey. So, if Tyrell Sloan looks good in the trials, that's the only drag, and I'm really looking at. Um, I know I've heard M-By be mentioned, but I'm not. Do- I'm not going there. No, can't do it. Just don't think it's worth worth it.
0: Um. Floggy, there was a bit of chat around Jaden Sullivan. Now obviously he's done his he hammy and he looks like he'll be out for about six weeks, which puts him touch and go for the start of the season. Um what do you think about Jaden Sullivan if he's fit? And then who do you think plays five eighth? I know Scotty touched on M by and Bird. Who do you think plays five eighth if he's not fit? Well,
3: kind of Bird's been pushed around everywhere. I'm just looking into Bird now. Um the key for this year, especially with, as you said, when you're looking at the buy rounds and stuff like that, you, we're going to find that DPP is going to be in a whole lot more this year than what it has in previous. I mean, especially last year with a lot of injury and stuff, um, DPP has been, been king. And it, and it is the same. But as I said, I think a couple of podcasts ago, whenever they start a new season, they really pull back on all the, the dual position players. So... Yes. You're gonna find um, that it's yeah. gonna be really um, it's gonna be really hard to to make us make a spot for him, I guess, in your side. Because even if he gets that sixth spot, he's not going to get the position because he's already a center in a in a um, back row. So um, basically, he's going to be really hard to fit in your side basically I, I i don't know who else would fit there though because um yeah i just don't think there's that much depth in the halves and i think that's where they're, they're really lacking at the moment
0: yeah um i was having a bit of chat about this with a couple of guys in discord today based on the news i'm i'm not even sure that Jaden sullivan would be in the team at the six anyway i'm there's a seems to be a lot of similarities between the way Hook used Ben Hunt at the start of his career and the way he's trying to use Jaden Sullivan. Um, Hook brought Ben Hunt through as a bit of a hooker to try and add this extra string to his bow, and that's what he seems to be what he's trying to do with Jaden Sullivan as well. Um, so I reckon someone like Jack Bird might end up in the 5.8 role nearly all year, uh, possibly M-Buy, and. The problem for the Dragons is that there's so much going on in that team that you've got to consider almost not going with any just because of the chaos around the team. Um, Scoop, where do you sit on some of these guys and the Dragons?
4: Yeah, there's not a lot of interest from a fantasy perspective. I think the only three I have my eye on would be Jack Bird, Little and Sloan at this stage, but there is one very interesting thing about the Dragons, which is only applicable to round one with the buy, because, well, you have unlimited trades until everything's locked at the end of round one. You have the potential to do some interesting loops by trading plays in and out. Say that you have Matt Dury playing um, as the first game of the round. If he gets a really good score and you want to leaping him in, bang, you can just use Sloan as one of those cheapies to get his score in if you were a little bit 50-50 on a couple of the basement guys that you had. But at this stage, I mean, that's that's a one-week play. It might get you 10 extra points. I don't know if it's worth it in the long run, but that's it's just one extra thing to consider for the first week round one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Roscoe, is there anything else there at the Dragons really worth talking oh, about?
2: Um, No, nah, man, I think that's about
0: it. Jack Bird for the moon. All right, so moving on, we've done the Sharks, we've done the Dragons. Let's go to Manly. And there's almost as little to talk about at Manly as there is at the Dragons and some of these other teams. Um, unfortunately, Scoop Manly, or unfortunately at Manly Scoop, Josh Schuster has been ridiculously overpriced. So none of us are going to buy, none of us really should be starting with Schuster now. Is that your opinion as well?
4: Yeah, well, he was supposed to be basement priced based on his average, but it looks like they priced him based at his starts at 5.8 and currently sitting in the sort of low to mid-30s bracket. I think when you filter his games with and without Cherry Evans, there's a pretty big difference. And with Cherry Evans, I just don't think there's going to be any points. I think he's just going to sit at that low 30s all year.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking as well with Schuster. Um now, the other day I saw Lenti was pretty keen on um, Carl Lawton, Scotty. But seeing a Fox Sport article today that says Carl Lawton's out injured for a while, do you have any idea which way, where Carl Lawton's actually at at the moment, Scotty?
1: No, nah, I don't. But I don't know why you'd, people would be interested in Carl Lawton because they've got. Um, to Alagi from the Tigers that's gone over there to play the edge role. So I don't know. I think Carl Lawton will come off the bench. He may take Dylan Walker's role, so he still may get forty five minutes, you know. So um, yeah, actually it's not not a bad shout. If he gets forty five minutes in the
0: middle, there might be a bit of value there. Mate, I was going to put my trust in Linty after his great performance last year, finishing higher than Cookie, so um, I thought if he's going to talk about um, Carl Lawton, geez, maybe I've missed something. Nah, look,
1: look, what's what price he? What price is he at Lawton? Two, oh, he's two fifty. Is this a, yeah. is this got ball with the exclusive? If um, he's two fifty and he and, and he plays by the um, middle for even thirty five minutes, he could be well be pick up. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not a bad shout from Lenny. That's probably one that's gone under the radar if that – because, yeah, Tuolagi and um over will be the edges. And then because Dylan Walker's gone, I think Carl Lawton, welcome uh, to 45 minutes in the middle. And Jake goes back to prop.
0: So he's definitely one to watch because I don't know where he's at injury-wise. As I said, there was a Fox Ford article that said he was out injured for a while. So he could be one to keep an eye on. Uh, One of the big.
1: And you know what? Oh, no, actually, I was going to say he'd get dual, but he doesn't. He comes off the bench, so he won't get dual, unfortunately.
0: And he might miss it just um, if he's not there for round one. He might miss that initial thing anyway, where sometimes they give it if they're kind of showing that in trials and things like that as well. Um, The other guys there at Manly, the biggest one is Cherry Evans. Um, Scotty, what sort of thought do you have on starting with Cherry Evans this year? You know what? If they didn't have the buy,
1: what well, they have the buy really early, don't they? Round two,
0: yeah, I it's think. round two, no, or round three. three. I can't remember which way it is, Penrith. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. See, look, I I think Cherry's going under the radar here. Everyone's writing him off. I I, I don't know why people are writing him off. No one's talking about him. Everyone's talking about, Everyone's talking about Dewey and. <laughs> And the likes, but I tell you what, Cherry's going to have to do all the kicking in that side, so he's going to get at least look at at his... least five hundred kick meters a game, you know. And like... and
2: look at his twenty twenty one averages, Scotty, with Turbo playing. Hello, they're like
1: outrageous. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I can't believe more people aren't looking at him as um as an alternative to Cleary or a Hines, um.
0: Yeah, that's quite interesting. No one's really talking about him at the moment. Yeah, it's a strange one because I think he could be very good. Um, I think he's one that you'd be definitely really keen to kind of keep an eye on. It could be a really good one if you started, a thought I've been having around starting with both um, Cleary and DCE is that you then use each other to kind of cover those early buys and then you've got two really good guns through to Origin. Um mm, mm. um that's probably one one of the big guns there. Uh Olikowatu, Roscoe, Roscoe. I did he end up making it into your team last year? I know he was in Luke's oh, oh, team. yes, he did. Two years running, baby. Is he going to make your team for 3 years in a row?
2: Oh, I can't see why not, but just not yet. It's just a bit too exy, But he's always that um, origin time for me. Um, when he starts ramping up, but yeah, I can't see why he wouldn't be in my team. He's such a gun. Um, better than um, he's probably up to the top top five edges in the game. Really for me.
0: Yep. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think he's definitely very good. I think he'll be there for a good. Good go. A couple of other things in that side. Ruben Garrick, another one. Roscoe, another one of your pets from last year. He was very good. Sure was. Um,
2: Yeah, I I mean, if anything happens to to, – I won't say it, but, yeah, if the other person plays there and he gets injured or if he moves to centres, Garrick becomes a, a massive option again. Yeah,
3: absolutely. He does have a lot of point, a lot of cost though, because it's um, uh, a lot of his prices is, is inflated a lot from his his time at fullback last year too. He didn't lose as much.
2: But you know what? Like, I reckon they're probably better off putting cooler back there anyway. So um, yeah, yeah. leave Garrick on the wing and let play cooler back there because he was an absolute gun when he played there last year.
3: Well, yeah, oh, this is more so around Garrick. Like, you don't, you definitely don't start with him, but he's also coming off the shoulder. So, I don't know how he'll go. He he really slowed down. He was on his very, very, very last legs by the end of round 25 last year.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, The other one there, and you guys kind of touched on him. And again, this kind of comes into that strategy sort of talk is Turbo. Now, would you guys start the year with Turbo?
3: I think the question. A lot of people were questioning it, and there was a lot of umming and naring about him or Ponga being in starting spot. And with what's happened with Ponga, it's kind of let's put a question on both of them, right?
2: Yeah, Floggy, do you reckon because they've got the buy round two, you've almost got a free bite of the apple? Um, just let him go round one. We've Got the buy. And then see how he goes round three and four. You know what I mean? So,
3: yeah. Well, especially for like around a possible, if you're planning to pick someone up potentially round three, what's his price? Because that's going to impact 600.
0: 638.
3: So, picking up someone then, like, you, none of your cashies are going to make you the money that you need to get. So, you're pretty much hoping that yeah, it's like around
2: six or seven, but then he's going to be playing Origin if he's fit. So true. So it, mm.
3: it's almost it's almost a bit tricky, and that's that's why I kind of I think people were more leaning towards Ponga, especially with the dual position. But it does make it really tricky to go that way, especially how he last year. A lot of people got burnt starting in round one last year, um, and it's just a, it's a tricky price point to not start.
2: Yeah, it'd be pretty dangerous writing him off though. I, I just, I okay, think, I'm agreed. Yeah, I'm very wary of like his talent. So, um, anyone who's like scared of writing off his talent, um, they might come back to haunt you. I, I haven't They got round three. I need to know, like
3: I haven't looked at the, the round looks like, but I think that also be a key point too. If you are if you are planning to have he has the eel eels eels. Round okay.
0: So. Roscoe, you kind of touched on it then um, about this sort of free play. Do you think there's a world where he doesn't play round one knowing that they have the buy-in round two?
2: Uh, Nah. Well, Tommy's he's a professional, mate. So um, if his body's ready, then he's 100% playing. Um, I don't see why they would hold him back an extra week, but maybe if he if he's not quite a hundred percent then they'll definitely do that, but um I think if it was up to turbo
0: then he's one hundred percent playing scoop what's your thoughts on turbo to start the year
4: i'm going to just say he's a big fat trap to be honest uh, i've just been looking and he hasn't averaged over fifty for the whole season apart from two thousand twenty one because you throw in a nine from 23 minutes when he blows a hammy and all of a sudden that 50, 55 average is back down to the 40s and it really just messes up any value he had. You've got to bank on him staying fit for a long period of time if you want him to be any good.
0: Yeah, that that is very true. Um, Scoop, while I've got you, mate, just a little sneaky one for me. Can you tell me whether Jakey Trebojevic is priced what sort of, prop, what average he's priced at? Uh, he
4: averaged 44.9 last year, and he's priced at the same, 44,
0: uh, 45. So just just one for everyone. So he's priced at that 45. Jake Draboyevich without foreign in the team averages 57. So there's quite a big upside because he does a little bit more ball playing and things like that. So when Foreign's not actually in the team, Jake Jake's points do go up and have gone up in the past so he could be a sneaky little one for people to look at at 641k um so there let's go down uh cookie yeah is there anyone else there in that in that manly side that you really want to think about today or mm. Don't think so. Um, there's been a couple of couple of little conversations in the Discord about KO Weeks. Um, I think there's a couple of people that are keen to see KO get uh, some game time this year. Scotty, do you, where do you think he sits in the pecking order among, among the team for game time? Mm. He's interesting.
1: I'm not too sure just yet. Um, I think it's, it's hard to tell. You'll have to wait till trials to see where he plays. But, yeah, he's definitely definitely the radar,
0: one to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, well, let's move over to the Roosters. Now, the big dog at the Rooster is James Tedesco. Roscoe, why should you start the season with James Tedesco?
2: Well, whenever I've started with Tedesco, I've finished in the top 1,000, says Cookie. Um, no, I think he's, he's going to score close to 100 for the what the first couple of games against the Warriors and Dolphins. So everything goes through him. He's the, uh, the linchpin, the center stone of that team. So, um, yeah, I'm just very excited to see him play again. He's my favorite players and, yeah, he's, he's such a gun. Um I can't see a negative with him really apart from the round three or yeah. four um buy
0: so we've in the past tedesco's been labeled this slow starter. do you think that's genuinely the case roscoe or do you think he's that's kind of one of those monikers no,
2: i I've never understood that myth um I think it only takes a pretty average person to jump onto some stats. And you can see that he hasn't really ever started slow. Um,
5: in two of the last three years, he's averaged, I think, 68 and 64 in the first five games of that season. Yeah.
2: There oh, you yeah. go. That's stats, cold hard stats by the rain man. It's,
5: it's a mystery, this thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and he can score well against anyone. Like, it doesn't matter. People go, oh, look at the draw. I don't care about the draw with Teddy because – I'm saying it now, he's going to be the best wing fullback average this year and he's going to go average higher than last season. Yeah, absolutely. So team 7,
0: maybe even 58. So, so he's definitely one people should be trying to look at to start with if they can. Uh, I know some people are going quite cheap in the wing fullback spot, but Tedesco is one that if you can start with him, try and do that. Um, Foggy. Let's talk about a couple of the edges there at the Roosters with Satili Tupanua out for a few weeks. Um, let's have a chat about some of those edges, Crichton and Butcher.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the problem is that they're out. They're out um, so A lot of people jumped on Butcher. I was one of them. Um, like when he when he first entered the side, he was he was a bench player and. Pretty minimal minutes, but when he when he started got those starting spots, um, his price was going gangbusters, and now his his price represents that. Um, and same as Crichton, it's it kind of um, Crichton kind of represents kind of the, the the upper tier side of the the edge positions. But um, from memory, I'm pretty sure I was looking at it. He's lost his DPP, I think and that was
0: another uh, massive. Yeah, Crichton's lost his DPP, but Butcher yeah. has DPP. Yeah.
3: Um, so I haven't looked. At it. I don't know how, how off Satili um, is, but he definitely Butcher definitely got some favour, especially from the fantasy, fantasy coaches um, and how it plays in real life. From from what we've seen at least, Satilly's indefinite. It's what the catch looking is telling us. So um he's definitely he's definitely good when he's on the field and he and once he's on they they throw the minutes at him. So both of them are gonna earn your points. Um but again, like you 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 kind of um I, I don't know, it's a bit tricky that that edge spot. So I mean if you're you're looking around that range, you're also giving up on someone like the feeder that we've discussed previously as well. Um but Crichton's kind of just just shy of 800k, so you, I don't know, it's a bit, it's a real tricky price point to fit. Um, just looking at butcher, yeah, butcher at butchers at just 700. Uh, so, Six ninety one. Yeah, so it's really pricey for those spots. Um, and look, some, yeah. someone, if you're looking for someone who who you just guaranteed to get some good points out of, and you want a gun for that spot, they're definitely it. Um, probably. Within only hundred difference, if you can't quite get to Crichton, maybe Butcher is you go, because um, he'll definitely, he'll, he'll probably earn about that. Um, he, he probably won't pump through any any extra cash, or maybe a little bit more. Um, but he definitely likes scoring some tries when he when he was uh, on the field through the years. So you might you might see a bit of an uptick. I'm not sure if Scoop's got any stats on his starting spot um, stats versus not, but. I don't think he, he might be slightly underpriced, but only slightly. So you're not really picking for, a, I don't think for much of a cash rise, I think you'd be picking him for um, some kind of set and forget points in that position.
0: Um, I don't know if anyone else Scoop. is the same or thinks any different. Scoop, have you got some data there? Yep.
4: Um, yeah, I do. He's. It's a shame they priced him up about three points. He averaged 45.5 priced around that 48 mark. It turns in from almost a underpriced keeper for that sort of two months to a really it's he really doesn't fit into either bracket and whether they combine to be good enough or not when he gets um full games at second row he averaged 53.8 with a 60 percent try scoring rate um that's i mean he's a try scorer but that's going to be a little hard to maintain if you also include the 62 minute bench game he had i think there was an injury and the lock game it goes up to 56 but like you really really have to say he scores a lot of tries in order for him to do that
3: right yep. so you're saying around his average when he starts he's, he's underpriced by about five points but that involves 60 percent of 60 percent of that was was scoring tries so Yeah, so really you're going to, he he needs to be scoring tries to be earning the points and it wasn't, there was stats there, but you know, scoring a try, he's an edge, so there's likely a a line break, tackle break in there too, so um, it wasn't just the try maybe that's that's inflating those scores, it's also the extras that you get when
0: you're in an edge spot earning tries. Yep, absolutely. Now, Roscoe, I know this next guy, he is someone you've looked at at different stages throughout the preseason for your starting Let side. Let me guess. With the dual position.
2: Joey Marnie?
0: Yours, mate. Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. I think um,
2: I think, I can see only like I've been told by so many people that just to not get him um, because he's going to lose 100K or whatever but we've spoken about this center debate, like he's DPP. So you wouldn't be starting him in the centers. You'd be playing him in fullback. So I think on his day, if he is roaming, like he says, um, like people are saying that he will, um, he's got the potential on his day with his sort of soft draw where they've got the Dolphins, Warriors, and then an easy win against the Rabbitohs. Like, it's he could be scoring upwards of 60 plus each of those times so i don't know i i i'm only seeing positives because i, I love him so much of a, a, as a player um i'm i'm all ears for um a debate if you what do you boys reckon is he should i am i doing the wrong thing here
4: I think there is potential for him to get stay close to that price. When he moved back into the centres in that sort of roaming role after all those fullback back 5.8 stints during Origin, he scored 69, 40, 42, 60, 56, 32. I think that around that 50 price points. Some mm. softer teams in there, but also um, Storm Rabbits and Cows. So pretty balanced. I think I did a bit of analysis that he'd probably stood about... The same as what he's priced at. At centre, that's really good, but that's a lot of money to be putting in your centres for the hope that he continues that robbing role. So, whether you want to do that or not?
1: Wow. Well, well, skews.
4: I've got, him, the I've
1: got there too. Yeah, well, that's true. Because he's going to get dual position now if he starts left wing, uh, left centre. Or is he already does dual? He already yeah, he probably already does.
3: No, I think he was. I think a few games he he, he did play centre, so he, he held that spot. But I'm in the same uh, boat. Let's go.
0: Sully, I've got money. Suley's Lee's just been fullback. Oh, Ooh. okay.
1: Well, he could be an but alternative. I, 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 it's true. I've
3: got money myself, though. Like that that roaming role worked really well for him. I know there was a few, as you said, there was a few thirties and forties in there. But he just had his hands on the ball constantly. And, and even if it was just a, a pass off, he just he, he was just everywhere. Um, it kind of started hitting Teddy's because that's kind of his role to roam around a bit. Um, and that was, as you said, off the back of when he was filling in at fullback, he moved to centre but kept the roaming role. Um, but he just had his hands all over it. And I think that's kind of what you, you don't get that in a centre though. And And as we've discussed as well, how much have we spent on replacing centers every single year? It's so when you've got Manu, who's only really had that one big stint um, with um, uh, when Trell, Trell got the the smacking in, him. getting his face but, caved yeah. in. Well, apart from that, he <coughs> I mean, in terms of in terms of how he's been going and, and big lengths off the field, he hasn't really had those as well. Um, whereas Teddy's, you know, he's had a few concussions now. Um, his Origin uh, is also a factor as well. Whereas Manu. As we know for the Blues, um, you know we they they kind of have that lockdown with with Latrell and with um, Travojevic. So um, he might be in camp, but he he's probably likely not going to play. So he 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 kind of gets that spot, especially around Origin side. He's he's one of the best fullbacks to own. Um, so having him to start with. I I don't see much to worry about. Even if he doesn't quite keep up with the fifty, the fact that people want him around Origin time and already got him, I think saves at least a couple of trades to get to
0: him. Exactly. Um, The highest owned player in the Roosters, owned by nearly half the teams in the competition, is Brandon Smith. Guys. He's one that should be in everyone's team, right?
2: Yeah, I don't think we really even need to talk about him. It's just a yes, bye.
0: Absolutely. Have him in your team. Um, the discussion around Brandon Smith, though, I think needs to be, because some teams are running him as their starting hooker. Other teams are running them in the mid. What do you guys think, from a strategy perspective, is the best way to use Brandon and Smith? That's where you need it.
3: Well, all right because he's got that dual position so ideally you want him there i guess mid's a real tricky spot this year as well though um so i think a lot of people have him in mids not not really for choice but it's just more so uh, there's not a lot of cheap mids to fit in the squad that we're aware of so far so it, it's a it's a really uh, handy dual position spot uh, to own especially for someone who you know he's going to start. Um, look, Connor Watson's not really confirmed when he's back either, and he's generally the one who might step in at that hooker spot. So, um, yeah, he's he's set for some big minutes, so why not
0: have him in your side? Yeah. I think there's there's hardly anything to argue with that. I can't believe that it's only at 45%. Realistically, by the time the season kicks off, I really think that Brandon Smith's ownership should be closer to um, eighty-five, ninety, even really close to hundred percent, because every team should have him. Um, a lot of people that... probably got got burnt from him last year too, Timmy. So uh, me included,
3: I started with him round one last year, um, when he got injured. Uh, I, I can't remember was it nine points I think he racked up before he got injured. Um, yeah, and then yeah. you know he kind of I think he lost a, like one hundred and fifty grand in that one game. Um, so a lot of people might have that in the back of their mind, but I mean, you can't count for injury. Especially someone who's not really that injury prone, so he like lo- he likes running at the whether he's playing hooker or
0: or not. He's good for a scoop. Yeah, and given uh, given that Connor Watson's out, that probably means that someone like Turpin or um, Hutchinson joins the bench, and they're probably going to come in and play hooker. So rather than that utility utility thirteen. So, Brandon Smith might still find that he spends some time at 13, so he should have a good tackle count. Um, there's plenty to like about Brandon Smith. Um, before I go down to some of the cheapies, Scotty, is there anyone else in the Rooster side that you think we should talk about? Yeah, Jackson Paulo might be one to talk about,
1: playing outside Manu. <laughs>
2: A few uh, runaway think, tries last year that I think we we're all cheering on, weren't we? So
0: he's got the potential. To- yeah,
5: I warned I people off him at the start of last year, and by round four or five, they- mm.
0: so there was a, there was a point where Paulo was quite good. I think we go back to 2021. Um, he was considered uh, quite a good player in that Rabbitohs side. Did a lot of good work. Um,
5: he he had some really good games, and then he also had those errors last year. Average of twenty seven in twenty twenty, twenty six in twenty twenty one, and this is with scoring a lot of the tries and everything. Oh. twenty.
0: 20- some of the big things there for uh, Paulo is the error rate, isn't it, Scotty? That's like that's the issue with Paulo, isn't
1: it? Yeah, but that can be fixed. He's quite a young fella, so you know, yeah. These things can be fixed and he's playing outside a world-class centre and, um, you know, he could, uh, Manu with those flip passes, could put uh, a fair few uh, tries on a platter for him if he does exactly
2: what I was going to say with Manu effect. Like, oh, they're going to be like Darius Boyd with Greg Inglis walk-over tries.
0: So the issue for you, Cookie, is around the errors, right? And that's going to be the big thing for coaches is if they do decide to start with someone like a Jackson Paulo. And need to be wary of the errors. He does make a lot of errors. For a winger, he misses a lot of tackles as well. He misses misses at least two a game as a winger. The others at the Roosters that we probably need to talk about. Um, So one to watch at the Roosters at 250K is Josh Wong. Josh Wong played for Fiji in the World Cup. He had a couple of really good games there. Um, He is one to keep a bit of an eye out for. Um, he's he's an edge, he's a bit more versatile than that um, the thing is for Josh Wong though, he's probably got a couple of guys in front of him, he may jag a bench roll at some point, but he's probably one just to keep a bit of an eye on, uh, if there are a couple of injuries or anything like that he may get that starting second row spot down the track and he would be one to to look to get into your team um Roscoe, I can't think of anyone else in the uh, in the Roosters side worth talking about. There's plenty going on there. Lots of going on.
2: Um, yeah, I guess you just got to try and limit it to two or three per
5: team this year. So pick the best three. Yeah, doing, we lost 40 kilos. Um, yeah, and the club sees him like, yeah, they're going to play him last year in round 25 in the finals over Milne. But then he picked up a groin injury. Um, but, yeah, they've really been investing in him. And he's going to fit. He's going to get first back at that right wing spot um, for us. Yeah, and in the training scenarios, that's where he's training, right wing, and Milne's training with reserve grade New South Wales Cup team on the wing.
0: So there'll be a couple of things
5: out of that for Thompson. Thompson should get, if he starts on the wing, should get
0: DPP, uh being because he's currently listed in the centre, so he should get DPP. The other thing that he does have up his sleeve is that, as I said, he's that Wish.com version of Brian Tide. So he does a lot of tackle, a uh, lot of those metres out of their own end. He does get a few tackle breaks, that sort of thing. So he is definitely one that um if he's in that starting side, uh you can be looking at that similar
5: sort of Toto. Yeah, he he 20 oh, tries, Timmy, in 16 games last year in New South Wales Cup. Obviously, he's not going to do that in the NRL, but he averaged 45 in those 16 games. And I think, yeah. like, realistically, he could average low 30s, somewhere around the 32, 33, which is enough value. What's that? About 12 points value, which is more than... Is it a yeah, concern? about that.
3: Is it a concern for him, though, because they have the left edge that they have... They def, we all know they favour that left edge because that's where AJ is. But Does that not take away, yeah, like, uh, considering, like, how often you actually pick a winner to play in your side for fancy?
5: No, yeah. The, the thing oh. is, like we, we, we did mix it up a bit more. Like, JD last year, we were going right more than we did the year before in attack. And, I mean, if you look at Milne, he played eight games on the wing and he scored nearly a try a game. Um, he scored a double against the Roosters in round 25. He scored a double against the Broncos in round nine, double against the Warriors in round 10. So I still think there's going to be opportunity, um, you know. They for
3: for me, I'll, I generally don't pick wingers in my side. Um, generally, it's just mm-hmm. it's how I've always kind of played it. If I've got a winger in my side, if I've got somebody fitting a full-back side, it's generally not a winger. Um, generally, the only wingers I end up yeah. with are on the bench. There's kind of like a... 18 to 21 position to kind of fit, fit a spot, kind of like a what, what Talau for example will probably be doing for me this year, um, and for me to spend kind of that amount of money, maybe you might opinion, some money, but I don't know.
5: yeah, T- Tane Milne averaged 33.6 on that wing uh, in eight games, and that was with an injury affected game of 27 minutes. Like I do think Thompson is going to be very, very highly owned with the DPP and, um, yeah. You know, so I just think you has got to get him. Scoop, you can probably back me up here with some stats and stuff on Isaac Thompson.
0: Um, but when we have a bit of a look at him, so last year he, in his two games that he played, he averaged 160-odd metres. So I think that's where he get, he's going to get a lot of his points from is those metres and tackle breaks. Um, is that what you're sort of seeing there as well, Scoop, or...?
4: Yeah, well, if you back him with how JD really likes him, if you back him to keep that spot, I think he's a solid pick. I think because the Rabbits have that hard draw and there's that Milne slight uncertainty, a lot of people are actually going to be pushed away from him. I think if he if it wasn't for those two, he would be up amongst the top-owned plays instead of around 10%. Uh, I think he, he won't set the world on fire because of that that he'll have to score a lot of tries with that really tough draw, but his base is a lot better than most wingers.
0: Yeah. Um, Roscoe, just to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. So in his two games last year, one of them was against the Warriors. He got a 49 against the Warriors with a try Um against the Eels. He got a 32 with a try. Um He's, not making tackles he's only made four or six a game um he's still and each game he came up with two errors so there's a whole other things that he could be very very quiet if he doesn't get those tries
2: yeah i yeah you got to you got to weigh up all those pros and cons um and I think all the points that you boys have made tonight have been spot on. So it's it's one of those tough decisions. But yeah, either way, I can I can see what you're you're choosing.
0: Yeah. All right. As we go down, there's not too much else. Mamozelis is someone to keep an
5: eye on if something happens to Damien Cook. Yeah. yeah. you've got to keep an eye on Moale because if we get one or two injuries in the forwards, he could all of a sudden get around 30 minutes off the bench.
0: Well, I, think, I think there's
5: plenty of guys around that 250K cookie that are going to get 30 minutes off the bench. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying to start with, I'm talking about mid-season. He might become relevant. Yeah, yeah especially around origin. He might be someone. Same um, as yeah. He's another of those guys at the 250K um, that, you know, he yeah. has a good PPM. Um,
2: yeah, well, he, did, he showed that at the, the Roosters, so you can definitely perform, you? Yeah.
5: yeah, a
0: good PPM, anyway. Um, there's, there's not really too much else. I know, I know that they the club's a bit of a
5: fan of Karapani. Um, yeah, yeah. apparently he's not, not looking one of the best at training, like out of the reserve grade team, he's the one that's sticking his head up above the rest.
0: So he's probably an injury, maybe two away
5: from joining the side. Uh, Callow, 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 is that how you say his name, Cookie? I know. Yeah, but I'm not sure he'll be relevant because we've got Kenna there in the background too.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. I think there's a few other guys that are kind of there in front. Um, there's not too much else that I can see in that bunny side, Cookie. Is there anyone else that no, you want
5: to talk about? Yeah, No, not really.
0: Um, Roscoe, anyone else that you want to talk about in general, not just necessarily the Bunny side, but anyone in general you want to talk about?
2: Nah, I think we've smashed all these teams out and um, done a good job. Thanks, lad. That's
5: right. Um, Floggy, thank you very right, much. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out with a statement. Isaac Thompson in the first half of the year will average more than Jackson Pooler. Oh! <laughs> Wow. Cool. Might
0: need a screenshot, that one. I don't think we'll screenshot that. That's staying in the podcast. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) will remember that one. Um, So that's probably a big one. Uh, Guys, as for next week, um, what we'll look at do, we've got a couple of uh, make a choice between a few players and talking about the pros and cons of a couple of different guys. There's a number of number of players there that I want to talk about. Uh, and Wednesday next week we are going to do a QA. Cookie's gonna be in the Cookie's gonna be in the in the chair with a few other guys to do a QA next week. Um, so if you've got your team or you want to start asking some questions, uh, start looking at getting your questions in for the QA uh on Wednesday next week. Um, Scoop, you got anything else to add?
4: Uh, I think there's not a lot left at the rabbits like moala to Fafita, for if there's a couple of entries in the mids there might be some basement cheapies, but I mean look at what moala did last year he uh, he'll be there eventually but we'll, we'll see how it goes
0: Exactly uh floggy thank you for everything mate or oh, I hope you've uh hope you've gone well Um yeah no, mate thank you I'm looking forward to this uh spot. we are to do- we're doing a Discord team again this year, mate.
3: Yeah, I haven't looked into it too much. Um, generally, I mean, more well, especially this year, um, uh, Fantasy kind of kicked off a bit earlier, which was a very, very, very nice surprise. Um, well, the, the, the biggest part of, of the Discord team is is the, the start. Obviously, instead of picking uh, wonderful people to trade in, trade out, you're picking all, all whole sides. So, it's usually a bit, bit of a slog. Yeah. Um, and until we start getting to trials, I, I don't like starting too early because essentially as soon as those team lists hit, you, you're generally clear and, re- and, and you go again. So, so generally, um, I, I put a lot into that first week um, and, and probably get some of the um, like the key spots out, like the Heinz versus Cleary, stuff like that. So I'll, I'll start throwing some polls up maybe when the trials hit. Um, or maybe just as the trials are finishing, um, just so we can kind of factor out any injuries and stuff like that, and we might get some some key key poles in around some certain key spots and and start that way. Um, but yeah, mo- mostly it'll be around when the team list hit, just like everyone else, and that's usually when everyone's kind of scrambling for for
0: what to do, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, as we kind of go further in the in the thing, we'll probably uh, just Take a little bit easy through February, um, particularly with trials. And we'll come back towards the end of February and talk a bit more about what we've learnt from the trials. Um,
3: yeah, that's a good idea. Debrief on those.
0: Yeah, I think we'll just do that. Uh, guys, thank you very much for helping me out to get the year started. Um, please remember if you listen to this one, make sure you go back and listen to the other pods one, two, three, four, and five. That way, if you are looking at something for a couple of different teams, we've managed to do a fairly comprehensive yet brief uh, analysis of of pretty much every every fantasy-relevant player this year. Um, I'm sure we've missed a couple, and please let us know on thoughts on any others. Uh, Thank you very much to Scotty and a few of those guys that aren't still here in the room. Uh, Scotty, uh, Griffo, uh, survived tube you know, throughout the start of the preseason, he was here. um can't remember if i missed anyone, but thank you. Uh, as I said, we'll be back towards the end of February to look at NRL Fantasy properly for 2023. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye.